0: It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out again with Sharon of Within Temptation over Zoom video. It was awesome catching up with Sharon. We uh, spoke to her last uh, about two years ago, a little actually over two years ago, when Within Temptation had released the song The Purge. No talk of an album. So it was awesome to kind of catch up with Sharon. We do recap a little bit on that first interview. You can check that out, though, if you want to see the entire first interview where Sharon dives real deep into her uh, history of music and really how the band all started and and how they initially achieved some success. But Sharon talks a lot about this new album, And during the process of the album, they're writing songs and kind of releasing them in the moment. So everything was very topical. That also led them to be able to speak politically for the first time on an album about what is going on in Europe and in the Ukraine. So uh, Sharon talks quite a bit about that as well. You can watch the interview with Sharon on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be amazing if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be amazing if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Within Temptation. Hi, Sharon. Hi. <laughs> How are you?
1: I'm fine. Thank you. You too?
0: I'm doing well. Um, my name's Adam. We've chatted uh, about two years ago.
1: Thanks for having me back again.
0: <laughs> it, uh, last time I talked to you, uh, you had released just The the Purge, but you guys hadn't talked about an album and you're going to talk about putting out just songs and some really Excited to to chat with you again on kind of catch up on what you all have been up to in the last. Yeah,
1: it's been a been a while then, and a lot of things have happened, of course. In the
0: meantime, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to 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 find out what's what's been going on. Um, I love your room, by the way.
1: Thank you. This is our studio, our home studio, by the way. <laughs> oh,
0: nice. Very cool. Very There's cool.
1: Neon light stuff going on. I can change it to any color. To oh, give that's them awesome. <laughs>
0: <Vibes>. <laughs> I love it. Um, well, I'm Adam, by the way, and this is about you, your journey in music. And uh, so we already got that kind of the first time around, but I would love to recap just a little bit and then obviously talk a lot about this this new album that just okay. came out, right? Like A week like ago. Exactly. About a week ago. ago. Exactly. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, that's
1: fast. have <laughs> been I... working towards it for such a long time and then it's like, yeah, it's already a week ago.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's that's so awesome though. So you were what, born in the Netherlands and then moved around a lot and then what ended up back in the Netherlands for high school? Yeah, but
1: around I was uh, I left when I was a half uh, like six months old, Mm -hmm. and I came back with pauses, of course, in between a little bit, but like a few months, and then my parents went off to a different country again. Uh, I lived outside the Netherlands until the age of ten, almost eleven. Okay. And uh, yeah, so um, we lived in Indonesia, Yemen, and uh, Suriname, but also. The reason my father had this job, which was uh, working in telecommunication and he had a management job and he did projects for the company. And uh, is what, what my parents always wanted from the, the day they met was actually explore the world. And they did, even when they were in the country, then they didn't go home to the family, see grandma uh, again, but more like exploring the, the neighbor uh, country uh, like maybe went to Africa at a certain point when I was, I think six years old. We went to Egypt and went on safari and those kind of things. So I had a bit of a different kind of youth than uh, most people from my country.
0: <laughs> that, most people from the world, to be honest. I yeah, mean, that's...
1: maybe also. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we had a, a yeah. It was it was a kind of a kind. It was cool actually. If I look back on it now, at that time I didn't think it was that funny though, because I, every time I had to leave, of course, my friends behind and make new ones, so right. there was no stable um, basis in the end. But on the other hand, you know, these ten years did shape me how I became I think as also as an adult later on so it did help me to grow in a certain way. so I was you know it's it's everything has two sides
0: <laughs> sure I mean being that well traveled at that young of an age and then obviously with with the band I'm, I'm sure you've seen so much of the world
1: <laughs> yeah we <laughs> not did not many yeah. could
0: say right <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly. And we love it. At the same time, I said to my dad, when well, I'm never going to have your job because I don't want to move that much. And then, then I ended up doing this and in every country.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, That's so cool. Um, yeah. What I didn't ask you before was I know you you got into singing at a very early age and you kind of had what like you'd sing for the t- like to the TV. Right. Didn't you have like a karaoke type machine or something like that or a no. box with a microphone? Yeah.
1: Well, ha- I got a microphone with a recorder when I was like four years old and I started just recording, um, well, listening to the radio and recording on tapes what I was doing. I know it sounds really crazy at that young age, but I really did that in front of the, of course, in front of the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I had um, a brother who's uh, like six years older, so that helped. And my mom and dad are just so crazy about music. There was always music in our house. And the windows were open and we could go to the terrace and it was like always music and every day when they were at home then the music would be playing so it was always oh. yeah very nice environments but
0: yeah I, I didn't ask you about uh that before as far as uh your your upbringing with music do you does anyone else in your your family like Do your parents play an instrument at all or you, um, i didn't know they had a brother and does he uh play anything
1: uh, no, nobody did a play. My father always wanted to be a drummer as well, but um, uh, I did have a, a, a cousin that was pretty popular actually in the Netherlands. But um, yeah, you know, uh, he did. He was a singer as well. So that's the only reference that I know. But in the family, was just listening mainly listening to music and discovering as much as possible as music. My parents went at least once or two, twice a month to a concert. And, really. Uh, yeah, they were nuts about music. Yeah. But my mom so was awesome. a young girl. She always uh, bought from her own money. Uh every week she she said, Okay, she wanted to buy something for herself. She bought a single from the Beatles or the Rolling Stones or yeah. So she had uh so much music from a very early age on.
0: <laughs> and that kind of she kinda of passed that on to you, correct? Like in the in yeah. Indonesia, I remember you saying that instead of buying I don't know, candy or something with the yeah, money. Exactly. She take yeah. you to the record store.
1: Yeah, yeah. I so, said, yeah, you can have money on the very early age, like four or five years old, but because my like my brother was six years older, of course, and he got pocket money, and so they can only spend it on music. And I That's read about awesome. it because I was already, I was really glad that she was already like, okay, convinced. <laughs> I never thought that would happen. <laughs> yeah,
0: I know. I wish my kids weren't asking me for like Fortnite money and. Wanted to go buy records. <laughs>
1: You're saying, here you can have my. Here you can have it. You can take it all. <laughs> yeah,
0: right. One hundred percent. Wow. Okay. And then I remember you moved back and then started some bands and then obviously yeah. Uh, yeah. had a had, what a cover band for a handful of years, yeah. like five <laughs> years. Yeah. hero.
1: We had yeah. There was a band that there was like this uh, program in music school to be how to be in a band.
0: Yeah, Uh, that's so awesome.
1: Yeah, it was quite uh, modern for that time, actually, because I don't remember anyone doing that at the time. And this teacher just told everyone, because he was very talented himself, like, okay, what the bass bass parts were, the keyboard parts, the guitar parts, and gave everybody a set of paper with notes and uh, helped everybody... Work together as a band and said said, how the dynamics should work and what we should be be emphasizing within the music. And so that really helped. Uh, It didn't help for me though, because I never, all, all I ever wanted to do with them was actually sing. And I didn't dare to say that because I felt like, you know. There's a girl again who wants to sing she wants to have the limelight and of oh, course yeah. so, I want to she play the ego
0: <laughs> the, yeah yeah of course
1: <laughs> but you know and then in the end I just ended up with a keyboard with all notes on it you know like these posted kind of things with like okay a b c d e and like okay where to put my fingers first and when to repeat those you know because i I couldn't think. I was just only like, okay, how would the melody line go here? And, so, mm-hmm. and then they said, oh, does anyone want to sing? And I said, oh, okay, now if nobody wants, nobody wants. Uh, so I'll said, i try. And then and after two weeks, I said, you yeah, please don't don't touch that keyboard anymore. <laughs> you are only allowed to sing. <laughs>
0: wow, that's cool that you kind of got that. I didn't. I didn't hear that part of the story last time that you actually you were able to to start singing with them. Because I, I remember you're talking about a music class or another not how to be in a band but like a class and like you were going to play the flute or something like that right yeah yeah the
1: classical yeah because this was the reason that, that i didn't go to music school on the far, more earlier age because i had been talking about it since forever to my parents drove them nuts uh they said yeah but then you have to play with you have to 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 play the flute and then after you've done the flute then you're allowed to sing or play uh. guitar Okay. So that's had the traditional way of teaching kids music, which I think a lot of people will will end up not playing music because they don't want to start with a flute because the flute is not very cool. At, at least that was uh, what was my idea about it. But uh, <laughs> sure. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So the,
1: how to be in a band kind of project was really nice. But then these older guys saw me who were in, in this project as well, but then in a different class, they saw me sing with this band and they said, you know, we want to start a band of our own, would you like to sing? And they were like four or five years older and they really helped me to uh, discover even more bands because they were more into, uh, well, uh, more symphonic bands as well. And uh, but also metal and, and, and rock, and, um, you know, but also blues, like Steve Ray Vaughan, Robin Ford, we played a lot because we had a who so wanted to play long solos. So, <laughs> but also, uh, yeah, Queen's uh, Queensriff, I described for the first time there, uh, Iron Maiden. Um, oh, wow. So, yeah, it was really nice to have these guys. And they're really like big brothers for me. And they're really, of course, we played here and there at, uh, at, at shows, but not very, very chic sh- things, but more like small events that they actually wanted to let somebody play for free. Then we were like, yeah, we want to play.
0: <laughs> yeah. Did you do you keep in contact with any of them anymore? Or no
1: uh unfortunately uh I, we have lost contact but i would love to see the guys again and i've, yeah. I've tried the, the guitar player that does endless solos he has tried to reach up, but then every time it somehow didn't work out which was unfortunate because we had he learned me my first notes on the guitar uh i can't play very well still but i can play a little little, little bit and it's nice you know so i've got fun memories of these guys and they were always yeah like brothers to me
0: yeah, that's so cool. I was just wondering, I'm sure they're so proud of you of what you've accomplished, right? I mean, they're like, "Whoa, I remember when I'm <laughs> Sharon was singing with us and I'm teaching her notes on the guitar and now she's <laughs> in this massive band and, you know, been doing this forever." Like, I think that's awesome.
1: Yeah, I hope so. Yes, I hope they look at that like that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then obviously you guys you Start the portal or you were part of were you part of the portal and then you yeah, met yeah. robert who yeah uh, i met, been...
1: met robert in, in, in high school uh, or that's so cool you guys was, are like high school yeah. sweethearts still yes uh, yeah exactly we met when we were 18 19 and um yeah well he had a band called the circle which is was actually the Pre with Invitation Band, actually, a lot of the band members who were in who are in Wood Invitation, they were in that band as well. Mm-hmm. But they kicked Robert out, and I had just done some recordings for them while we already were boyfriend and girlfriends And and uh, we started over with um, first the, the 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 project was called The Portal, but we changed it quite quickly into with Invitation. You're well informed, by the way. <laughs> oh,
0: thank you. <laughs> <laughs> So um, we started
1: over and the, the, the keyboard player is now playing again with Within Station and the bass player, Jeroen, immediately came to us after, quite quickly after that. He was kicked out, you know, like Broad was kicked out. So, you know, we have like the same kind of group from the beginning on, which is nice in a way. Yeah.
0: No, that's so cool. That's, and, uh, what, you Were you called Voyage or something, I remember you saying?
1: Well, the band that, that you know, the, the people that didn't go, um, because when Robert was out of the band, they changed their name into The Voyage. Okay, so the, that was the other yeah.
0: band that Robert yeah, was in. Exactly. and then Okay, yeah. they, they were the...
1: Robert was never in The Voyage. He was in The Circle, but The Voyage uh, continued after... Uh, well, Robert was kicked out. They, they changed the name, and uh, so into Voyage, and we started the portal, or eventually within well, Temptation.
0: M- Got you. Yeah. Okay, that's what the storyline was. <laughs> and you guys, like, you had success uh, like immediately, right? Or you already kind of had some success with what was you know with with the per- portal, and then it became, you know, within Temptation. And didn't you guys get like uh get signed really fast? Yeah, and, you we know? had
1: like within, I think. I think one and a half year we had uh, recorded a demo and uh, send it out to different record companies and we got signed within two months and we became well, uh, uh cassette of the month. That was that thing. That's amazing. <laughs> That's how old I am. <laughs> anyway, and it was in a metal magazine called the earthquake, which was big in in the time uh, when we were growing up. So yeah, um, we were signed by the guy who actually made us demo of the month because, of course, he had a record company. And um, but we had sent out and got reviews also from England and some other companies that were in uh, interested. But we chose for him because he was located in the Netherlands, and we felt like okay, then we have a better view on what he's doing and have better com- uh, communication eventually when we're you know having to make certain decisions. So, um, but it was a great start for us because the fourth gig we ever did was in the Milky Way and the fifth was already on dynamo open air in the tent for ten thousand people and didn't even know how the how the monitors were working properly because i had never worked with that i just had my you know like these gums in my ears so that i wouldn't destroy my my hearing, hearing. yeah,
0: just,
1: yeah. <laughs> so no in ears and stuff like that but just floor monitors and uh, just trying to hope that the guy would understand what i would like to hear on my in ear on, on my on my floor monitors and um yeah so that's how we started, actually. So it was a bit crazy and uh, hectic from the start that we started.
0: Yes. Oh, my gosh. And then, yeah, right away. And yeah, I remember you saying that that show didn't... You guys didn't do that well, but it didn't matter because, obviously... Yeah.
1: yeah. People just like it. I mean, like, yeah, like... I, I think we did something right, but I don't understand what. <laughs>
0: sure, sure. Um, just... Uh, I, I want to talk about the new album. I just want to touch on a couple more things real fast. Uh, you, you guys... You did... Uh, talk about how like Mother Earth, kind of was the the moment where everyone was able you guys all went back but to college and finished school got degrees and then with that album was the turning point where you you all could kind of quit your jobs right and just do this as a full-time gig
1: yeah you know music has always been our first love and uh of course we had you know we had to have our diplomas as a backup plan, and we worked mm-hmm. in, in certain, uh, well, we all had jobs, daytime jobs. And um, at a certain point, you know, it became successful, our music, and we never thought that would ever happen. So uh, we felt like, okay, you know, our, we quit our jobs, and we're just gonna enjoy this moment and see how long it lasts. Maybe it's just a one-day fly, but hey, nobody's gonna take this away from us. This is our first love, we need to embrace it. And we did, and we never had to look for another job again luckily so yeah there was a dream come true because like i said how this is all i ever wanted and, and this and everything that everybody always was like it's not going to happen you're living in the netherlands you're not living in america you don't live in england you li- you know you live here <laughs> and there's yeah. not much history of music of course we had Shocking blue and with the golden earring but it was just a few names that were successful outside of the netherlands and with the type of music that we were making was quite niche and uh mm. so people didn't see any future in that but we proved them
0: wrong, so yeah, a little bit. <laughs> uh, um, last time we talked, it was in the middle of the pandemic, and mm-hmm. um, you had put out the purge, uh, or, or we're about to put out the. Maybe you had released it. I can't. I can't quite remember exactly. Entertainers was um,
1: before
0: that. Yeah, entertain you was out, and then I you had were about to put out the purge, or it was gonna. I I I can't recall, but. At that point, um, you 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 know briefly kind of said, "Oh, you know, we might be doing an album. We think it's going to be an album, uh, but you know, we're we're gonna maybe release a bunch of singles here in the beginning." Um, at that point, I know you're an independent band now, which is awesome. I'm, i I want to hear kind of what the difference is. Were you still signed to a, a label when when you were first putting out those singles, or did that, or were you already independent at that point? At
1: that point, we were already independent, and okay. We had- yeah, the, the idea was actually to write some songs so that we could play during the World's Collider together with, that we were, uh, this COVID-19. Evanescence,
0: right? Yeah, yeah.
1: Europe. and then, of course, COVID happened. And we were like, okay, then we're going to release these songs during this period that we don't know how long it's going to take. And it took way longer than we ever thought. So we kept <laughs> sure. on releasing songs. And I think with a with a traditional way of releasing uh singles and albums with a record company, we would not have been able to release so many, which in a way is a good thing. But also we released maybe a little bit too much because the new album is maybe not that much of a surprise because there's only a few songs left that hasn't been released so far. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, we had a lot of exposure because of it as well. So it did help us in a way to stay in contact with fans and media throughout this COVID time and also beyond, beyond that even. So uh, the next time we might do a little bit less <laughs> singles, but still more than average.
0: Mm-hmm. Did you, I, I know just reading about the album and, you know, it's uh, kind of politically heavy, right? On this this record, yeah, obviously okay. with with ta- discussing everything that's going on in Europe and in the, in the war in the Ukraine. Um, was that, I mean, when we talked, I don't know how much of the album was done, but that was obviously before it became a big, world stage news at least here in the united states were you guys focusing on that at that point or was that like did did the record or the album kind of shift gears or did songs come out late much later when that became you know a whole uh, obviously this as big of a thing as it is now
1: yeah well we didn't write that much ahead because we were just thinking okay we're just going to write some songs for, like i said for the world's Collide tour and that was up front for be- before covid happened and uh in, bet- in between we were allowed to travel in europe and in mm-hmm. the moments we were allowed to travel we did uh, look each other up and we wrote more songs but it was all in the moment like every time one or two songs one or two maybe three songs at max and when the, the so there was no album yet, there was oh, just it was a, just still the songs
0: that you guys were putting yeah. out and putting together. Yeah. Gotcha. And we were hoping
1: okay. so to get together again as soon as possible to write more, but you know with COVID, it was just certain mo- moments that we were allowed to, and then we did grasp that moment like okay, we need to go now and to Sweden or Sweden needs to come to us, you know, the, the, the producer, so we can work together. And um so over the, over that time period, we just wrote a few songs every time, and then when the, the war started in the Ukraine. We um, could immediately write about that exactly what we wanted to, and the reason why we became independent is like write topics of, in the moment that we feel are very important to talk about. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, so yeah, so that allows you to be very topical, obviously, right? It's not yeah, like exactly. yeah. you had the whole album done and you're waiting on it. You're kind of releasing singles, and then this world event is happening, and you can't really get your voice out about it because it's like. Oh well, we still have this album that's going to come out, and we're yeah. writing songs about this, and maybe it's going to be out in a year and a half, and the world will be yeah. totally different at that point. So
1: exactly, yeah. Hopefully, it would have been, but no. Uh, but right, yeah. But,
0: uh, I, yeah. I guess in, in the most optimistic way, you know, the,
1: the thing for us was like we were so shocked by what happened in Ukraine that we felt like, you know, for us, music has always been a sort of a certain way a therapy uh, of dealing with life and. And these topics, you know, in the beginning, everybody was watching the news and, uh, and talking about it. And then you saw it slowly fade away with every heavy topic there is people at a certain point get enough of it. Like, okay, I don't want to be confronted with it anymore because it's, it's too intense. It's already, but, but then on the other hand, uh, we felt like, okay, when we write about it, we keep the subject alive because there is actually a war going on two and a half hours from where I'm living by airplane. So where I live when I take an airplane to Kiev is two and a half hours flight only. So that's oh the same gosh. distance. Yeah, that's the same distance as from Amsterdam to Barcelona. And and I think if people don't realize that, it's like that's that's quite close by.
0: It's very uh, close by. I mean, thinking about it even in like United States, like, I mean, that's like a state or two away, right? I mean, yeah, that's, that's not exactly. far.
1: No, not, not exactly. far. And that makes it more visual when we talk about it on stage to people. It's like, okay, there's only two and a half hour flight from our home, you know? It's like, uh, we need to be worried and we need to support Ukraine, not only because it was a sovereign country that was invaded, which is not okay, uh, which is an understatement, but also because of the fact, you know, uh, if there's gonna be country after country that Russia is gonna take and make their own, it will be more countries that don't have democracy and it will destabilize Europe eventually. You see it now already happening in several countries, like they're pro getting pro-Russian, like Hungary, for instance, is one of the few that are thinking differently. Even in Poland, it was a certain... Until last week, the government was pro-Russian, getting more pro-Russian every day. And um, so... To have that, that was um, of course they they supported the Ukraine in the beginning, but then they said, you know, when they had this grain kind of uh, conflict, they said we're not going to deliver anything anymore to you, which was like that, you know, there's a war going on. Are you really going to play this game over? Of course, I understand that you want to have your voters, and it's all politics, you know. It's like
0: yeah, of course,
1: and those kind of things really made me worry. Like, okay, and also we have elections now in in the Netherlands very soon. And there was elections, of course, in Italy just not that long ago. So in many countries we have elections nowadays and uh, are coming up. And uh, to talk about these subjects, why we keep on, why we need to keep on supporting Ukraine is very essential, to my opinion, because people don't want to think about it, and they they will only vote for things that matter to their own personal life, and which is logical. But if you if you can talk from a stage, or you know, that getting a stage with you, even that people can think, okay. If I choose for something, you know, if I choose more wisely, maybe in a more bigger picture, then um, then maybe we'll keep Europe stabilized, because if we get if it destabilizes, you know, it's going to be a totally different ballgame with democracy in Europe. You know, it's going to be oh
0: worldwide it would affect everything.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's already affecting so many things. Like even with, what, what Russia did with Brexit, they were involved with that, trying to mingle in the uh, politics there. They did it, I think, also in America with, with the whole Trump and. Yeah, you
0: know, like, they, they haven't come out confirmed it, but. 100%. No, no. And, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah.
1: yeah. So the, there is evidence that they're trying to put, you know, try to destabilize countries around the world, to my opinion. and Yeah. We have to be focused, like, okay, there's more to than meets the eye. We have to be very careful what we vote for and what we, yeah, support or don't support.
0: This holiday season, you might be looking for nutritious, convenient meals to keep you energized on jam-packed days. Well, I have the solution for you. It's Adam from Bringing It Backwards. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service can help you fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef prepared dietitian dietician-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your doorstep. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle while tracking all your holiday to-dos. Factor wants you to skip the stress of meal prepping over the holidays. I know I personally have kids at home that are home from school on break, which means they're home all day. Not only that, but you know, driving to the extracurricular activities, their friends' houses, doesn't leave a whole lot of time for meal prepping. Factor lets you choose from over 35 weekly flavor-packed, fresh, never-frozen meals that support a healthy lifestyle and meet your meal preferences, all delivered right to your doorstep, and they're ready to eat in two minutes. That's right. Delivered right to your doorstep and ready to eat in two minutes. You don't get the food delivered to you. And it's like, okay, I've got the food, but now i got to spend 45 minutes an hour prepping all the food and making it. So I'm ready to eat. This is two minutes delivered right to your door. Fresh, never frozen meals supporting your healthy lifestyle. And this November, get factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, Flavor-packed meals delivered right to your doorstep. Again, ready in two minutes. No prep, no mess. Flavor-packed meals delivered right to you. All you need to do is head to factormeals.com slash B-I-B-T-V-50 and use the code B-I-B-T-V-50, B-I-B-T-V-50 and get 50% off. Factormeals.com slash B-I-B-T-V-50. B-I-B-T-V-50 for 50% off. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service. You guys are so close. I mean, you're Amsterdam or Netherlands are not, I mean, what, two countries? I mean, it, it sounds big, like, oh, you're two countries away, but not in like the U.S. United States, look, we look no. at like states, right? It'd be like yeah, two exactly. states away. Like that's so close, and yeah. if you know, it wouldn't be long. I mean, Kiev is not like right on the border; it's like barely inland. I mean, barely yeah, west, right?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I mean, oh my gosh! Like so, when this is happening, and, and you guys are writing about that, um, was it? I don't know how to ask the question, but basically, like were you concerned at all with not your safety, but like how other people are going to receive what you're saying? I mean, I guess is, is there, it must be a lot of like, you know, segregated views on these things. I mean, I, I don't know, like going in and I'm speaking worried,
1: about, it, about it. It's, it's like, it's, there's it's like many taking a side,
0: I guess, if that makes
1: yeah. sense. Yeah, totally. And, but, um but because of the reason that I just mentioned, I think it's so important that we did that, with every country we played with the festivals or during tour, uh, also with RMA, when we played in America, we, we took out, or in uh, also in Canada, that we took out the Ukrainian flag and asked attention for this war. Uh, um, you know, because uh, America and uh, Canada, I'm not sure about Canada, but I know that America is um, supporting, at the moment, uh, the Ukraine really well. But if, you know, the elections here in America, for instance, is going to change towards... The more Republican side again, they will stop. You know, probably the support towards Ukraine, which is a disaster, because well, and and on the other hand, it's also acknowledging the fact that we as Europe should be more, uh, even putting more money into the defense of uh, of of, uh, the Ukraine, because we shouldn't be relying, of course, on on America that much. But on the other hand, you see so many things shifting; it's very dangerous. And I am just trying to keep, you know. Make people understand why, uh, you know, to to give them a different view on things, how how they might see it. And I think also just by asking if your country was invaded, wouldn't you just, you know, fight back? Because a lot of people said, like, I think Elon Musk was the guy who said, like, okay, you know, just give them the peace of of Ukraine and, you know, stop fighting and don't talk about anything anymore. That's crazy. It's like, you know, Belgium used to be a part of the Netherlands, Belgium's a small country underneath the Netherlands and that we would say like you know we just take brussels you know we take brussels and we don't talk about anything anymore that is like yeah that's crazy it's like yeah, we take, you know we just take new york and we don't take the rest but you know we just want to have new york that's part of uh, <laughs> yeah, the netherlands right. used to be it's it's silly you know it's like you don't do that it's like trying to bring back an old kind of idea of how russia should be or what it used to be with the soviet union it's right. like so outdated and um, so anyway, but to mention those kind of stories or to, to try to make a visual by telling stories why and comparing things like that, uh, people might understand why we are so pro-Ukraine and of course we get backlash, we get a lot of backlash, especially in countries in Hungary where we also played on festivals we also brought out the, the Ukrainian flag. We need to, be, to be hypocrite of us to put, do that, not do that in countries where it matters even more. So to talk about it.
0: No, a hundred percent. And yeah, like we even, I mean, we've been, uh, I guess, attacked twice, right. In the history, what I can recall once I wasn't around, the second was with nine 11. And it's like, we went yeah. right out. We, you know, it was like, Oh, you know, Pearl Harbor. We're in, we're going, you know, full in World War Two, and then it's like, you know, with nine eleven, it's like we're going straight to the Middle East, like right away. It was like, it's interesting to like hear you yeah, you know, kind of quote what Elon Musk. I didn't even know he said that, but I, you don't know until it happens, you know, no, right exactly. when, when it happens to you. What do you do if
1: yeah, if exactly? Canada was being
0: attacked like happens. that. We wouldn't just be like, well, you know, deal. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly, so, and. It is just uh, mind blowing, actually, that this is happening because we never thought that this would happen after the Second World War that we would ever have this kind of. Of course, we had Sarajevo um, and uh, with Kosovo and mm-hmm. that whole conflict, uh, but Russia is seriously a different cookie. You know, it's a different kind of ball game. You know, that's that's a, that's that it, they have a large army. They can continue this for years, and yeah, Ukraine massive, ball. massive country, massive. Obviously. And the Ukraine is very small compared to them. They don't have the same amount of people to keep on defending the country. So they have to be more efficient. They have to, you know, they have to have an equal chance at least to fight back.
0: Yes. And with, with like, when that all starts, like what songs, I mean, obviously, did you know, you guys, it sounded like you would be like, okay, we can get together for this many days. Let's try to write some songs and then get that out. At what point, did it become an album or was it always going to become an album with bleed out and what songs really shifted? Like once the, the, the fighting started, like what do you remember the first song you guys wrote and we're like, okay, we need to kind of like take a stance here.
1: Yeah. We had two songs that we wrote actually immediately it was what like cyanide love, which is about the resistance in Kherson. That was the first city that was actually uh, taken by Russia uh, in the Ukraine. And also, um, the first city that they won back again, because the resistance of of uh, the Ukrainians within Kherson was so big that the Russians were scared to death of them. At night, they would take out Russians in a more very brutal way, but that the, was just civilian resistance uh, from the city itself, and it's it was. Um, yeah, it was. We just write. We wrote cyanide love for that reason, uh, mm. and it's inspired by the city. We we were there in two thousand eight. We did their a show. We were invited by the mayor. Also, the oh, band wow. Pain was playing there at the same festival at the time. Um, a Scandinavian band, um, and the, and we both um, had to plant a tree for freedom. I believe it was, and I was because I remember that I can think it was like, you know, it's peacetime now, so why would you want to... Okay, freedom it is, but it was nine o'clock in the morning after our show, which ended pretty late. And so I was like half awake and just had a coffee and then shoveling, you know, getting the dirt out of the, (laughs) trying to plant a tree for freedom with the mayor and the whole delegation. And then we went to the museum and then I saw a better picture of the tensions that had been through our time with Russia and the Ukraine already. And we had such a interesting and really nice time with with the ukrainians at that time would have four or five days they gave us traditional food they went we went over the river in kerson um and we did the show which was an anti-alcohol something something festival and oh interesting
0: like a recovery yeah. type
1: yes. sorry
0: it was like a recovery festival, like for people in recovery or like a, like. I a- don't
1: know. It was, it was anti-alcohol or anything. But everybody was drunk in front of our stage. I don't know how that happened, but we, because we were not given <laughs> <Interesting>. any liquor, <laughs> <work. laughs> Maybe okay. they felt the need for it, but it was a funny way. It's like, OK, everybody's drunk, but we're not allowed to drink because we were not allowed to drink in front of the show. After the show, we were allowed to have a lot of vodka. <laughs>
0: oh, you weren't Which allowed I to don't drink don't on drink. stage. It was like you like people were drinking in the crowd but you weren't allowed to drink on the stage no
1: no exactly exactly interesting yeah
0: Uh, oh wow
1: yeah but it was a a very strange situation but it was very we have so much fun in those four days and i just recently found the pictures back of the time that we were actually planting that tree with the mayor and a whole delegation and then you wonder all those faces you know what is, what happened to them? Because it, you know, the city just, you know, the dam was exploded. They 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 did it with an explosive yeah, yeah, yeah. blew up the dam, uh-huh. and the whole city was flooded. So I'm just wondering, are these people still alive? And uh, most of them are men, actually, that we met from the delegation and so uh that does make you wonder and it does come a little bit closer but also we wrote a song called wireless and wireless is about the russians going to war towards the ukraine and uh, telling about indoctrination because if you've been told for years and years while growing up i can imagine that you think a certain way of the ukrainians because um, they've been told they were fascist they were. Of course, they were on the wrong side of history with the Second World War, but also because they had to choose between Russia or the Germans. Uh, and Russia had always been their enemy. They sided with Hitler at that time. so yeah. And yeah. for that reason, uh, which I can't even somewhere understand that they did that, because they hated already very much Russia. Um, and then, so Russia has been told... Uh, Ukraine is just fascist country. You know, it's like full of fascists and you need to get rid of them. People need to be freed of the fascists. And then when you go to war, you find out actually that these are people, you know, they... We don't even talk about Germans that like that anymore. You know, we've... The generations have passed on and... We we are, we are living in really good harmony with the Germans. We don't. We just make sometimes, of course, harsh jokes, which we always do about neighbor countries, right. and but not like what we don't say they're fascists. We don't because they're not. You know, it's a different generation, different time. So for them to think that the Ukrainians are fascists, yeah, it's ridiculous. And but then ending up as a soldier, maybe being told that for many years. Um, finding out the reality that these people aren't fascist and you're there with a gun and behind you, there's a whole army, and you know, if you, if you run away in Russia, they will shoot you.
0: Right. Right. So yeah.
1: it's, it's, it's a, it's, it's, what are you going to do? You know, you're in the middle of things and you're just being used as a marionette. And that's what the song is about. Like how indoctrination uh, gets you in a certain situation that you're between fires. And I find it also very sad. I do realize that not everybody Wasn't aware that that isn't the truth. I think there's also a group of bad people just wanting to have war. But I think there's also a part that wasn't that educated because most people who are fighting at the front in Russia against Ukraine are not educated people. You have a lot of people like that. So it's like. Well, they can't
0: get it enough. I mean, with the access, right? They're not able to really access a whole lot of, you know. other, view, other yeah. views than yeah, you know, exactly. what they're told, right? I mean, you're kind of like, exactly. you know, in a spot where you can't. Sorry.
1: I'm yeah. sorry, go ahead. Yeah. So that also makes me feel sorry for them because that, you know, if you, you get to that situation, you might be that that person that gets in that situation. You're there with your brother, your father and family, you know, it's like you can't go back you know, you're, you're going to be shot by your own people and you don't want to shoot the people in front of you. You're just between, and they're really, really eager to f- defend their country. Their, their morale is so high
0: in mm-hmm. Ukraine.
1: It's unbelievable. So to be in that situation, I felt sorry. I do feel sorry for the people who are in that situation, which is not a very political, uh, very uh, popular st- point of view. Because either always with wars, like or you're for them or you're against them. But I think there's also some layers of gray in there as well of course but it's up to the Russian people to really change their situation meaning like I really hope there will be some kind of revolution in in, in Russia which will you know um, make them less oppressed as they are at the moment with with the government that they have with with Putin
0: yes and I know it's That's still happening, and then obviously everything else is going on now. And yeah, it's crazy. It's like, what is what is this world becoming? I mean, it's just scary, right? I mean, and you guys, you being in the Netherlands, are kind of in the center of all this stuff. I mean, we're a bit more removed, but I mean, you're there. You're so close to all of this stuff happening.
1: Yeah, exactly. But still, I think, uh, of course, what's happening in the Middle East is a bit further away, but it feels. Um I do feel there's a momentum but it can also go really wrong I feel like because all these countries are now like you know arming themselves up you know like talking war uh language which I really think find very dangerous especially with Iran and other countries around Israel and and Gaza mm-hmm. um so that that does make me worry a lot actually but on the other hand um I do feel there's a momentum that the whole world is watching and everybody's trying to well, maybe, uh, hopefully, come to some kind of agreement that the, that the fighting stops because uh, they've been going on for more than 75 years officially, but before that was, of course, already a lot of problems in that area of the oh. world. Yeah. So it's, it's like, you know, we need to come to some kind of uh, solution because this, we can't continue like this, right? So it's like really hoping that momentum is there, that the whole world is watching. There's so much pressure, hopefully, towards the countries who are actually only talking war that they will come to some kind of resolution. Yeah. I don't have yeah. them the wisdom, but uh, I hope <laughs> no, somebody.
0: a hundred percent. Yeah. And i obviously the middle East isn't super close to y'all, but it's like close enough that we're yeah. it's closer than us. Right. I feel like as we're sure. a little bit more far removed in the sense of like, I don't know, but yeah, I mean, Ukraine is very close to you and yeah. that's, to hear that it's only a two hour flight, like that's terrifying. I mean, thinking about that here, you know what I mean? Wow. Well, well, you're doing a big tour of Europe too, coming up, right? Like, I mean, just announced that there's a lot going on for you all. And, but yeah, uh, that must be exciting though. I mean, the album just came out. Yeah. Huge. Um, Tell me about this tour. And, uh, you know, last time I spoke to you, you're talking about some countries that you hadn't you like australia was a place that you hadn't had a chance to play and you 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 kind of wanted to go there like that was one of them um but on this tour is there any uh places that you guys are playing that you haven't been to uh
1: well or have you played uh, most of
0: them since it's all uh, in europe
1: yeah well uh this is all europe what's coming up but yeah we did play in israel actually two months ago
0: oh my uh, god! So really
1: that we never played before no and uh so it was the first time and uh but with the new tour it's mainly starting we're going to south america actually in april doing uh some shows there and then it's a small tour but like i think six six shows i think in total i'm going to be like one and a half to two weeks so i'm looking forward to that the summer breeze festival is one of the festivals we're going to do so I uh, never did festivals before in South America, which I'm looking forward to.
0: <laughs> I've seen like footage of those and it's pretty, oh, really? like, just, yeah, the amount of people look, it just oh, looks yeah. like it's going to be, be massive. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. And yeah. then of course we're going to do Europe. And after that, it's not sure yet what we're going to do because we just have to focus first on uh, developing uh, a new stage how we want the the show to look that's going to take a lot of months as well because because of the fact that um you know what people don't realize like an album costs time but also to make something visually like a new stage you know you have yeah different venues you're going to play at so you have have to think a lot about what's what's going to be an okay show for every venue so the specs has to come in and you have to kind of try things out we're going to work with a with a creative team again uh, Robert is always taking this part. Uh, this is his baby. He he did the, the last tour and the tours before that was all by his idea and together with his creative team uh, he has gathered throughout the years and that's pretty cool. This time I'm going to join him a little bit more and uh, see what we can kind of come up with next time. Of course, it's going to be uh, yeah, you know, we like. Big, you know, like you say, uh, this is nice, but this is, you know, big is, uh,
0: how do you say it? Um, big is more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: so, or more is more. That, that's what it's gonna... <laughs> that's What I wanted to say. <laughs> more well, that's is cool. More. I didn't
0: that's realize that's that, that Robert had that big of a hand still in like that in the live set because he hasn't, yeah, yeah, he doesn't yeah, do the touring. True. Obviously you have kids at home and, yeah. but I know he's really obviously heavily involved in the writing of the music and everything else when it comes to that. But I didn't know that he... Um, yeah, has a he lot does. to say with the the live show and the aesthetic of everything.
1: Yeah, that's really his uh, his uh, fingerprint on it.
0: Well, that's definitely. cool. Very very cool.
1: <laughs> that's why I'm always up above the ground, like two meters at least, and he's always letting me fly. While well, I do have like a fear of heights a lot a <laughs> lo- intensely, immensely. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah.
0: That's so cool. though. Well, I appreciate your time, Sharon. Thank you so much again for, for doing this. It's been so no great problem. to see you again. Um, and uh, congratulations on, obviously, the album's incredible and the tour you have coming up. And um, I have one more question. I asked you this last time, but I'm going to ask again. I want to know course. if you have any advice for aspiring artists.
1: Um, well, I always give the same advice because I think that it, what I'm what I have to say right now is really the main thing is well, try to um, try to stay close to what you love doing, not because it's popular. Try to do something that is maybe a crossover instead of, you know, something like I said is out there already. Um, and um, yeah, I think when you, it, it comes across, when you're you're an authentic artist with real emotions, don't make them up. Stay close to the topics that you really inspires you. It will come by itself.